Welcome to another episode of the Thrive Forever Fit Show. Today, I have got a special guest. His name is Nate Bailey, and I know you're going to absolutely love today's show. Nate is a United States Army veteran, an amazing guy. And today, we're going to talk about how you create a winning mindset. Awesome show today, guys. Get some pen, get some paper, get ready to be inspired, get ready to be inspirationally transformed. And Nate and I are going to give you some tools and some strategies today. They're going to help you move to that next level of life, get you a little bit closer to that success that you deserve and desire. All right, guys, enjoy the show. I love you. And I'll see you at the end. Nate Bailey, welcome to the show, brother. How you doing? I'm good, Jay. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. I am excited. You know, I don't get excited about a lot, man. I'm excited <laughs> about this. Any friend of uh, of Mike Young's is a friend of mine, and I know you feel the same way. So yes. Mike connected us and said, hey, you guys should, you know, do a podcast swap or at least meet or whatever. So yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty stoked about uh, about today. It's, it's very rare that I get a, a guy on that I have so many similarities with just from a mindset perspective. And um, in talking to Mike, I know that you and I are in in perfect alignment. I'd like to start yeah. by saying thank you for your service, first and foremost. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's a big deal, man. I look at that. My grandfather was in the Army. My cousin was in the Army. I actually had a full ride to go to West Point. Um, Did you really? I, I couldn't pass the physical because I've got metal in my hands. and my Oh, knee no way. My, yeah. Oh, so, um, yeah. So I was, you know, it, when you're that young, man, you get that opportunity. I was like, yeah. this is going to be this is going to be phenomenal. You know, got appointed by my congressman, the whole nine yards. And then uh, was that that was something that you were really want, uh, like really wanted to do. Yeah. You know what? I, I got a full ride to play football there. I wanted to play college football somewhere. And then I yeah. just I thought of that as kind of like the, you know, like the bonus on top of the bonus. I mean, not yeah, only am I going to get awesome. to play, I'm going to get to play college football, but I'm going to get to go to the, you know, the, one of the most prestigious, you know, schools in the country. Yeah, I'm going to come, absolutely. I'm going to come out an officer. I'm going to get to serve my country. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. And then, uh, so that was a, I got to thinking back on it. I mean, it was a pretty big letdown. I was like, man, that's, you yeah. know, an, an opportunity like that doesn't come along, you know, yeah. that often. So how did you end up uh, taking that military path? Well, it's, uh, it's a little bit interesting. It's kind of uh, not, the same story, but, but, uh, I was on the flip side of coming out of playing college football and, uh, kind of looking for that next challenge. Like what was next, you know, because did you end up playing college football? Yeah. 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 I, w- I went on to play junior college and then went on to another four years. Uh, I so, took yeah. the same path, man. I went Juco and then uh, a few different schools. Uh, now, ju- now that's, we'll talk about that in a minute. That's a whole yeah. different world. If, if you don't know anything about Juco football. Juco ball is, uh, <laughs> So what, I had what, no idea what, what I had on, no. coming in in store for me there. Uh, yeah, I could talk for we'll days. Talk, we'll touch on that too because that, that excites me. But yeah. so you came, you came out of football and then yeah, I came like out of football and I was kind of like you know and I because I did because I did go to JUCO because I did go to a few other schools like I you know I lost you lose a lot of credits along the way transferring yeah. from school to school and so I had a plus I enjoyed my time in college. Let's just say that. And, uh, so it took me a little longer than the average. And so I, I still had a few years of school left and I don't know. I was just, I think I was just, you know, with, with football, it's like, you don't realize until you're done, like how much of your time is really taken up and then how much time you actually have. If you're just a regular college student, when you don't have practice and conditioning and and everything else that goes into, into playing a college sport. And so I was like, man, what's, what's the next challenge and kept passing these, uh, 
recruiting flyers all over the colleges. Right. And I was like, oh, I'm going to go check this out. And uh, so that's kind of how I, I ended up. I enlisted in the Army National Guard. And uh, so while I was still going to school, went to basic training during the summer in between, you know, school years. And and uh, yeah, that's how I kind of got going on my journey. That's all. Would you say this? Because I know for me, whenever I stopped playing football, I mean, I've been playing since I was like in the fifth grade um, mm-hmm. or some kind of competitive sport. I almost lost my identity. And I was yeah. like, you know, I mean, you don't realize, like you said, like how much of your life has been encompassed in, you know, watching film, practices, conditioning, lifting weights, hanging yeah. out with your teammates, being yeah. on buses and, and yeah. you know, all kind of craziness. And then that goes away. And all of a sudden you're like, wow, I wonder what, uh, yeah, what should 100%. I do today? <laughs> I think that was a big part of it. You know, it just wasn't the time it was. I, it was a, and kind of looking, you know, as a competitor, like you're saying, I was kind of looking for that next challenge too. And then I was like, well, I don't know. You, do I have what it's, what it takes to, to make it through basic and like, does there some kind of the thoughts that, and then after I go through basic and I see some of the, the turds that made it through and I'm like, oh man, anybody can do that, but yeah. like, not necessarily at a high level, but uh, anybody can go through basic. Well, yeah. And I'm sure that competitive attitude of like playing college football is like, you know, when you went into basic training, you probably approached it very differently oh, yeah. than a guy, than a guy who just came off the couch. Yeah. I definitely thrived in that environment. And, uh, but it was, uh, but it was a, you know, it was definitely a challenge and it was definitely a unique environment to go through. Yeah. Now, how long are you still, are you still reserved or anything like that? Are you fully no, retired? Like, yeah. So I, uh, you know, I went into basic, came back, go back to school and drilling. And then the next summer I was, they called it split option. So, and I was then the next summer was going to go learn my job that I signed up for. Well, while I'm drilling, there's a, a, a OC officer candidate school, recruiter that came through and was like trying to recruit people to come in and be an officer and uh you know i'd already been in school for four years so i like you only needed like 90 credits to join the program and again it was another challenge right it was and then i knew i wouldn't have to leave you know i was in college and uh dating my wife at the time and didn't want to leave for waste another summer number one and and so i was like let's let's do this officer thing and see what this is all about now you know i've always gravitated towards leadership positions too so i think it was just kind of when i i didn't i didn't even know that wasn't you know i joined really not really knowing much and so i didn't even know there was an option to become an officer or how you'd even do that so when it came across my desk i guess we'll say uh, i kind of jumped at it very cool and you ended up actually going overseas and and serving yeah so yeah to answer your question yeah so i became an officer um i was in for eight years uh, i deployed to kuwait was gone for 15 months which was challenging plus i was a business owner at the time so you know you just put your life on hold when you're yeah. and i wasn't full-time army so i was a national guard and so i really you know if you're in the army and you get deployed it's just kind of part of life that's what you do yeah uh, national guard you you have the civilian life right with the business right. and family and then also you know on the weekends and a few, few weeks here and there as an officer it was a little bit more of a commitment than that but but uh so so doing that going on that deployment i got back and at that time it was 2005 2006 and you know units were still getting deployed like constantly actually uh, a bunch of the guys that I was deployed with got deployed again, like 12 months later. And I kind of knew that was coming and wanted to start a family. Yeah. And so I just decided to get out, um, shortly after within a year of getting back from the, the deployment in 2007. 
so many life experiences in there, man, from like, yeah, you totally. said, like going from like, you know, playing football and then at a really high competitive level and then, you know, joining the service, getting deployed 15 yeah. months. I mean, that's a, you know, if you, if you, tell, time. Some, you tell somebody today, Hey, I'm going to need you to do this for 50. Let's just talk about weight loss. Says, hey, it's going to take you 15 months. Now. Yeah. You'd be yeah. like, I'm, I'm going to do what for what? Yeah. For how yeah, long? Right. You're like, I'm not doing that. Like <laughs> yeah. that's, a, that's a commitment, man. So uh, hats off Huge to you. And again, I, you know, I mean, I know I speak for everybody who's listening. I just, we appreciate, you know, you guys that are willing to do that. Cause that is a, you know, to put your, your life on hold and to, you know, I'm a big freedom guy, man. Like I yeah. love, I love my freedom and I know that it doesn't yeah. come without a cost. And so, right. you know, I just want to make sure I overemphasize the appreciation I have for anybody who's willing to, to take that step in order to let me be able to do what I get to do today. So, yeah. Well, again, thank you, brother, man. Yeah. yeah like, you know, I don't know. I just kind of, I do take that you know when you when you've done it and uh people thank you for it it's a little bit weird or different but yeah, you, know, you just kind of take it for granted sometimes it was a sacrifice you know i mean and yeah. uh but you know so you sign up for it so yeah. it's part of the deal listen man we need we got we need people like you you know what i mean so i i appreciate that and then i love part of what you said like in, in kind of in your bio when i was reading through it is like because this is really one of my life philosophies you said live live the life you teach or like, what did you say? Yeah, live what you teach. Yeah, live what you teach. I mean, I love that. I mean, explain to me a little bit about that philosophy and how you, I mean, listen, that's a great, that's a great meme or a great Facebook yeah. post, but most people don't, don't prescribe to that lifestyle. How'd you come about that? Yeah, I, I don't know. Partly probably because you see a lot of people, especially on social media today. And I, you know, I'm not, I don't, you know, whether they do or they don't. So a lot of people don't live what they teach and preach and don't, and they don't even realize it. Yeah. Some, you know, just like to teach a strong message and there's nothing wrong with that too. And then, you know, don't realize maybe the weight behind, uh, you know, actually following through on your own own advice sometimes. And so yeah. I, it's just important to me and I'm not perfect either. So I'm not going to sit here on a high, no. high and mighty throne, but it, it is important. It's a good reminder for me too. If I ever do get out of integrity to pull myself back uh, to kind of have that as a mantra to live by, but you know, it's important to me if I'm going to be, you know, especially as a coach, I work with a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs and I'm giving them advice and I'm talking from all the different experiences that I've had, but also, you know, it's important to me that I, if I'm going to, tell them or advise them to live a certain way that I do the same thing and, and, yeah. at, and to the highest level, you know, I think as a leader, it's so important to you set the standard, right? There's kind of the minimum, minimum standard that maybe the army has, for example. And then I think, you know, as an officer, it's, it's always important that you maybe you set that bar a little bit higher and people are watching you way more way more than the words you speak they're watching the actions that you take and yeah. uh, and those speak volumes and so you know um it's a responsibility that you carry as a leader but but i think it's an important one to to carry i agree that's what that's what i loved it so much and i agree with you a thousand percent as, as humans i mean we're the most imperfect creatures on the planet mm -hmm. i think i think a mantra like this though for me what it does is like you said it it helps me get back into alignment really yeah. quick when i yeah. find myself and listen, every human, you find yourself veering a little bit to the left or to the right. Yep. And, and it just, if it's the, it's the ability to get back into that alignment and, and live what you teach and preach, you know, do all the things you say you're going to do that makes life so much easier. It's like, and you probably learned this. I mean, I, I try to teach people all the time that like, 
as humans, we love structure or we, or we, yeah. I, I shouldn't say we love it. We need it and we yeah. function, we function better with it. Yeah. And if you can learn to love it, life gets a whole lot easier. And you, I mean, you know, like I said, I've, I've walked the path that you've walked with the sports yep. Yep. and then you walked right into the military, which is probably nothing but structure. And so this is just, it, was it ingrained in you through those things? Yeah, I you, think it was always like that. Yeah, I think it, I think it was more putting myself in those environments and, and, and yeah, I mean, you know, college football, just even high school athletics, you know, just, there is a, a good amount of structure there depending on, you know, cause there's good coaches and, and not great coaches and some yeah. have more structure than others, but I was blessed to, to play for some pretty amazing leaders and coaches that, that, yeah, definitely brought that structure. And then, and then, yeah, you carry that over to the military. Obviously there's a ton of structure there as well. So that's just kind of, when you're in those places, in those environments, and it, it just kind of over time, you, uh, adapt that as your mentality and, and your lifestyle hopefully and you carry it forward past that and as it's ingrained in you and yeah. uh, continue to to do that but you know at the same time I think it's also important to as a leader to own up to it when you're not right and it's okay yeah. to not be because of what we've just talked about like no one's perfect I just you know just try just be careful to be to get in that habit and pattern of always being the guy that's like if you're constantly owning up to being out of integrity, then that's a little different issue right. and, and problem. You see that a fair amount too. Like, you know, they just, all of a sudden they're just hanging on their hat, that hanging their hat on the fact that, well, Hey, I owned it. Like, well, yeah. yeah. Like, but you're constantly owning it. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, bro. Let's go. You're it's, too... it's cool that you're being vulnerable and letting yeah. people know that you're not perfect. But at some point, like if you want to lead others and be the example, you got to fix that. Like you can't stay stuck there. Yeah, two two things that I thought of when you're when you're saying that I've got another good question for you is you know one of my last philosophies is always confident, sometimes wrong. Like yeah. you gotta, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's a that's a pretty good. I found that for me, that's a pretty good way to approach life. And then when you're right. wrong, you got to be able to say, "Hey, man, yeah, that's not what I thought it was going to be," and I probably screwed that up. Yeah. And then you know I got the opportunity when I was really young, growing up in Texas. We went to this. Um, Where in this, Texas? I grew up in a tiny little town called Cisco. It's kind of between Abilene and Fort Worth, like right on I-20. It's like a little little two-way town, one stoplight, and sometimes it didn't even work. Um, But I got the opportunity to go to a football camp, but Texas had these rules at the time where you couldn't participate in certain camps because of the UIL and things like that. So while the other kids were doing this, all the Texas kids got to go in this room, and all of a sudden, Bobby Bowden, the coach of Florida State, walks in. Oh, no way. Oh, my God. Yeah, we got to spend... We had to spend about an hour with him and he was just, you know, just, oh, wow. I mean, you, you've probably heard him talk a thousand times. Like when yeah. he just, he's got that Southern yep. swagger yep. and, yeah. you know, you know, RIP coach Bowden. Absolutely. When, yeah, he, exactly. when he passed away, I had all these flood of emotions because I was probably 15 years old. And I remember something he said that day. And he said, the worst thing you guys can do is to continue to practice your mistakes. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah, that's what we're talking about, right? And I think about that all the time. It's like the and and we do that so often as we we get in these patterns, like you were talking about, of Mm -hmm. practicing our mistakes and then saying, "Oh, you look at me, I screwed up again." Well, yeah. If if it's a mistake is once, right? Right. But if you continue to do it, then it's not a mistake anymore. You're actually making a conscious choice. Something I wanted to ask you about, because I love leadership and I love success. What was it like? And I don't want you to be modest here because I know this is probably a question you don't want to answer. But what was it like 
and I'm going to use the word responsible because I don't know a better word. You, but what was it like to be responsible as a platoon leader and as a lieutenant for all those younger or maybe not younger, but maybe less tenured soldiers underneath you? And, and like, I mean, what's the weight of that? I mean, for me, as somebody who's never done it, I, I think about, oh my gosh, like, that's like the ultimate level of being a coach. Like I'm not only responsible for them winning and losing, but for their lives. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. They, I, um, the majority of them were younger. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of the private specialists, things like that, they were 18, 19, you know, 20, yeah. not even 21. Um, and then, you know, maybe more, I was like 29 to 30 in Kuwait. So, you know, I thought I had it figured out and now I can look back and realize <laughs> how much I didn't have it figured out at all. But um, yeah, it is a big responsibility. And, you know, going back to deployment, how the national guard is structured is a lot of units don't have, like they might have, let's say 150 slots for 150 soldiers and they might only have like 90 filled. Right. So when they, these units get deployed, if they, if they don't, you know, they get deployed at full strength, which means they, they have to go fill those slots with soldiers from other units. So I was one of those that got attached to a unit that I didn't belong to. So the very first time I meet my platoon that I'm going to be responsible for, and I'm, I'm supposed to lead for 15 months is the first day I showed up. So imagine that like, man, yeah. It's it's crazy enough when you get deployed and you just so many unknowns, right? And it's just, you know, anytime you come into an experience like that, as big of a life experience as that is, it's there's a lot of unknowns, anxiety, fear, maybe, um, and and uh anticipation of what the hell is gonna happen. Yeah. And uh and then to show up and to have to do it and lead it with 40 plus men that you've never met before right it's even crazier and then to meet the your command like my company commander my first sergeant for the first time and 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 to get to know them so yeah it was crazy and and to uh know that like you know first impressions are huge and i only get one shot at that and yeah and to to hope that i make uh, you know a good at first impression that very first time that i get to stand in front of them and and, uh, and just the journey through those 15, 15 months as I look back and feel that I did definitely the best that I could have and, and felt that I really did make an impact. And, you know, it was at the end of the deployment to have some, you know, a number of them come up and say, hey, like just how much they appreciated me and the job that I did. And that's what matters the most to me, right? It's that. Totally. Um, it's not about you. It's about them. It's about your soldiers. It's about the mission. It's about the the team. And and um, and and you know, if you if you do the right thing and you you do it for the right reasons, then you know, then you get that feedback um, on the backside to let you know how you, how you did along the way. And and uh, yeah, so it was it was crazy. It, you know, a lot of variables that I would say probably you know, there's there were a few other of the platoon leaders that were in the same boat. They, it was the first time they were meeting their platoon as well. But you yeah. know, typically I would say if you're active duty, that's not the case. And and so that's, you know, they, they have a leg up on, uh, on us. Right. right? And uh, so it was, a, it was a, it was a unique challenge. It was, it is a quite the responsibility that you bear because 
ultimately you're you're responsible right it's you know if something goes wrong it's it's your your fault and you have to have that mentality and that mindset and that ownership and some leaders want to place blame other places or will justify you know mistakes uh so that it's you know and not take that responsibility not bear that ownership and you know i don't i don't subscribe to that you know jocko willings yeah. wrote a book about extreme ownership right so that's what we're talking about and Totally. And having that mindset. I love that. Let me ask you a question about influence. And I'm not talking about like, you know, the the new word influence of like the social media nonsense, <laughs> but like real influence. Because I always think about like, you know, if, if you want to impact somebody's life, you've got to be able to influence them in a, in a really positive and powerful way. And so, you know, a lot of people just ask the question, like, how do you influence people? Yeah. I, I like to ask a different question and say like, who's influencing you? Like, so whenever you got put in that position, did you draw back upon like the influence of your, your coaches or a mentor or a leader or like, cause I mean, that's really where, I mean, you know, even at 29, like, you know, now that, you know, I'll be, I'll be 47 next or this Sunday. When I look back at the 29 year old me, like I was a moron. Like, I mean, I'm yeah. lucky. I'm lucky. To, I'm lucky to be alive and I was never deployed. Yeah. So yeah. I can't imagine what you were, you know, you were thrust into, but like, what were your influences of, to develop your leadership style? Yeah, that's that's a great question. I think, yeah, absolutely. Whether you realize it or recognize it at, or not at the time, um, you definitely, I, I can definitely say that looking back that that you do, you don't, because you don't know what you don't know. And, and uh, so you just draw off the experiences that you've had again, it's 29, 30. Luckily I did have some, some, experiences that many probably don't playing college athletics being a big one there. Um, I was blessed to have some really good mentors, even in, in high school in my community that kind of really took me under their, their wing and, and uh, guided me and set a great example just by how, how they lived. And I, you know, can think of people like my grandfather that were, were those two that just were incredible humans. And, and so I, I definitely, you definitely take those characteristics and yeah, yeah you use those to mold who you are and how you lead. And, um, and so, yeah, that's, you know, a big, big piece of it for sure. And then, um, you know, it just comes down to, you know, if you want to influence somebody, it really takes, like, you got to build a relationship, you got to build some trust, you got to build some credit with them. Right. And again, coming in, just using the example of the deployment and, first time I meet him is day one, man, it takes some time for you to, you gotta, you gotta be, you hopefully have to have the ability to recognize that you just can't come in and, and start like, um, you know, just telling people to, to do shit and, you know, just yeah. because, right. Like, like yes, as in the military, as a leader that in that position, technically that's how it goes. But if you really want to build, relationships and, and trust and show them that you really care about more than just the the mission, but them as people um, to really have real influence. It takes, takes time and it takes like showing that you care because you actually do being super gen- genuine, like being there, being around the troops and being willing to do what you, you know, would ask them to do. And all of those different variables, plus all the experiences yeah. you had, plus probably a ton of other um, other intangibles and characteristics when, when we talk about leadership that, that, uh, help you to actually build that real influence. Love that. You know, I, I talk about like, 
the importance of psychology and the importance of your mindset. And I know that's you're you're big on that as well. And I can tell by talking to you that you do a lot of work around that and and probably teach and coach and, and train a lot on that as well. You know, something you said, you know, in your in your bio is like you've got to believe before you can actually get to that place. So I did a whole training on that last night. And I basically said that like you'll never, you'll never outperform your belief. Right? Yeah. So yeah. what what do you, how do you how do you think how can people grow their belief system? Because I, you know, in, in teaching and coaching and mentoring people, like a lot of people that, that come into probably both of our worlds, their self-belief is is minuscule at best. And they just don't have a, you know, a powerful self-fortitude. Like, how do you talk to people about that to get them to, to see that they can be, do, and have more? Yeah, man, that's, uh, that's the, 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 the million dollar question, right? Because so many people do, they're just defeated before they even get going and, and don't get going because of it, because they don't have that belief. And, uh, you know, I think a, a big part of it comes down to clarity on really what they want, because if you really want something bad enough, even though you might not believe it right now, like, uh, you know, you, if you really, really, if, if there's really a strong desire there, I think you can work through that, but it is, it's tough. It's, it's difficult surrounding yourself with the right people, surrounding yourself with coaches, you know, Tom Brady's to this day, like if anyone doesn't need a coach, it's probably him, but yet he's still surrounds himself with incredible people to help continue to get better at his age and at his experience level. Um, you know, I work with clients all the time. Yeah. It's, it's everything. It's really is everything that, that belief or unbelief in themselves that, man, it, it, it just like, like I said, it keeps them, uh, from getting anywhere before they even get started. And, uh, you know, it's putting yourself in some difficult situations, I think like to build it right. To get a little bit uncomfortable from time to time. Um, and, uh, you know, support system. There's so many different factors again, that are yeah. so crucial, but you got to get going. You got to take the first step. I think a big part of that is really as much as possible, staying present in this present moment, right? Because a lot of times it's either been ingrained in them from a very young age that, that they can't do it or they're, they're not worthy or that, you know, they're not enough. And so they carry that with a lot of us carry those things with us forever. Um, you know, or we, we experience people that, you know, it's like uh, money's a good one, right? I've been talking finance with some people and, and our parents sometimes bless their hearts. They don't not even meaning to do it because of where they might've been. They, uh, they impose their situation and their beliefs on you around money. And then you hold on to those. So, so tightly that that's, uh, no matter what success you have, you can, you know, it's kind of like the big leap, right? The upper limits that people have and, and they, uh, they don't even realize it. And so they do get some money and they get rid of it as fast as they can because they're not, they don't know what to do. Right. Cause they don't have the belief yeah. in themselves that they should have that money. Um, and so it's so powerful and it's so hard to get through and it takes work and constant work. So again, what I say is like, stay present because the more we can just stay right here and right now and just do what's in front of us, uh, the less daunting it is, uh, the things that have happened in our past or, or when we start to think about how much time we have to get there, how much work it would require, um, you know, that all of those factors keep people from doing anything. But if you could stay yeah. focused just right on what you can control right now, like you take those little steps and you do that every day, like over time, you're going to look back and be like, holy shit, like, hey, 
I actually like I did it or I look at how far I've come. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think you could talk about that topic forever, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, for me, I think it has a lot to do with like, you're talking about like programming, like you've kind of been programmed to yeah. think a certain way to believe a certain thing. And it's kind of how you develop this like upper limiting or a default setting. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's like the, it's like the analogy of someone in the lottery and then in a year they're they're back to the same level of brokenness that they were before. They if not the worse, if yeah. not worse, because the, the feeling, even though it's, it should be on paper, it looks amazing. Like, Hey, you went from bankruptcy to billionaire. That's extreme. Yep. Right. Yeah. But, but you're the, you're so uncomfortable being a billionaire that you'd rather go back to that comfortable feeling of bankruptcy. Those are two extreme analogies I know, but it makes the grandiose picture. And that's what people fall to with everything in their lives. Let me ask you this question, because I feel like people do this a lot as well. I think people under index what they really want out of life because because of those things like parental programming, societal Mm -hmm. programming, meaning like I find that most people like if I say, hey, what do you really I said, Nick, what do you really want? And you're like, hey, man, I want to you know, I want to grow a multi-million dollar business. I want to do blah, blah, blah. You might say, hey, I just want to have enough money where I can, you know, go on a vacation. Like that's not. I mean, who the hell doesn't want that? But that's not really yeah. what you want. Why do you think yeah. people default to that? Is it is it fear of judgment? Is it fear of failure? What is it? Yeah, I think it's a lot of those. Things. I mean, like you said, you know, the programming or like mean, you know, uh, term I'll say like trained, taught, and educated right from a very young age. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you if you've grown up in severe poverty and you, you know you really don't have a pot to piss in, like people will say. Uh, and then you just like, man, if I could just have enough to like take a vacation, cause you like vacation wasn't even a word in your household. Right. Then, you know, for, for that person, that might be like winning the Super Bowl. It's like, yeah. that's amazing. But you know, you also look at it like some people take that, that extreme poverty level that they grew up in and they're like, they make the decision that I will, I'm absolutely, my, that is not how I'm going to live. Right. And yeah. they may not have no, the know-how or might not even quite have the belief, but they're just like determined that that is not going to be me. And you hear those stories all the time, right? Yeah. There's a lot of them, uh, a lot of very successful multimillionaires, billionaires that were, were in that situation. And they used that to be like, that's that the driving force. They're like very clear on what they want or what they don't want. They don't want that. And what they want is the extreme opposite. And so again, coming back to that clarity of there's a lot of people that can tell you what they don't want, but, but have never really taken the time to dig deep to figure it out what it is that they want. Cause again, if you find out, if you find that thing that really just lights the fire inside of you, then you'll go build the belief system. You'll go build the skill set and the tool set to go get it. I agree. You know, I think a lot of people based on like what you kind of just said there is like, they will, you know, they know exactly what they don't want. And they strictly focus on that. Yeah. And they and they continue to get more of that because yeah, there's, there's right. nothing, you know, you get what you focus on, like yeah. I mean, your brain is designed to give you, you know, through your reticular activating system more yeah. of what you want. Yep. And I try to get people to understand, like, if you're consistently using language, like, well, I can't, Nate, I can't have that. Nate, I can't do that. Nate, I can't afford that. Nate, I can't. I'll never be skinny, Nate. Nate, I'll never be fit. Nate, I'll never be successful. Nate, I can't. If you use language like that, well, then hell no, you're never going to be any of those things because you're basically telling your brain, this is what we want. Like, we're yeah, going to yeah, stay right here. 
like uh i had a client right now it's she continued and she even says it from the day that i've worked with her like you know i'll get success for a little bit or or some results and then she goes like but she can't sustain it because it's all those things she's like focused on like i could never be that i could never be skinny i could never be super healthy or whatever and so she continues to get what she says that she she like continues to prove herself right and there's like a payoff there, right? There really is. There's there's yeah. a payoff for people there, even though it's kind of miserable. It's like, yep, I was right. Like, see, I, I told you I got a little success and look at where I'm at, right back where I'm at. And yeah. uh, one, she like won't even go work out right now because she's just so screwed up here of like, man, I haven't been there in so long. What are people going to think? Yeah, uh, I'm out of shape. Like, I'm just like, I'm going to be embarrassed yeah. <laughs> to the point where she'll sign up for a class and uh, she'll tell everybody that I'm going to go. And if I don't like call me on it and then she still won't go. Right. Yeah. It's, it's so crazy just because of these, these, these conversations she's having with herself up, up in her head. Yeah. And yeah. And then you get into societal programming and all of that kind of stuff as well. You know, one of the questions I like to ask a client or anybody for that matter, that's, that's consistently doing things like that is I always like to ask them, well, what are you getting out of that? Like, what do you, what, what do you yeah. like about that? And they'll be like, I don't like what anything mean? about yeah, that. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you 100% oh, do. Yeah, like, for you, sure. wouldn't, you wouldn't consistently keep that same behavioral yeah. pattern if you weren't getting something from it. And a lot of times we'll stay stuck where we are, even if it's not the outcome we want, because we know what the outcome is. Yeah. So what, what do you do? I mean, this is a really great question because what you just said about this client um, is powerful because a lot of people find themselves in that place. I mean, I own a gym and I see it firsthand. Like I'll see people schedule and then put on, you know, on the Facebook page, like, okay, and it's time, Nate, enough BS. I'm showing up. Here we go. They'll be on the schedule. And then 10 minutes before the class starts, you'll see the cancel. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it happens so often. So, so one, one tip, like what's one thing you're saying to her right now that's hopefully going to work. Well, I, you know, I've, I have, we've been having conversations and, you know, today it's actually funny. Um, I said, Hey, we just, I know that it's just getting her that first time and then she'll be fine. Yeah. Like, she'll, yeah. like, it'd be like, cause she'll realize that all those things she thought are, yeah. are just purely made up. That nobody and else so, cares. Nobody yeah. else cares how long it's been, no, they, been they're there. They're going to be happy to see her. Exactly. Like, they don't give a shit. And uh, so I actually, one thing I did today, like, I don't know, each situation is different. Sometimes I might like, be be tough with them give them some tough love because if they if i know they can handle that yeah but like today i actually called her gym and i said i talked to someone <laughs> i'm like hey i got this client and uh here's her name you know her yep okay yep um hey could you you think you could just call her and say hey you know we miss you notice you haven't been been here in a little bit we and we're just like we're, we'd love to see you and uh, actually, I talked to one gal. She must have talked to her manager. He called. He's like, who are you? What's going on? And yeah. I went again. And and then uh, I had sent her a message. Hey, you just got to get there. And then she texts me back. She's like, yeah, you're right. I got your message. And you know what's crazy? Like three minutes after that, Orange Siri called me and left me a message. Oh. I'm like, oh, really? I didn't know that. Would you, would <laughs> like, you look so at crazy. that? She's like, what a coincidence. And I'm like, yeah, that is. Man, the universe is talking to you. You just got to get there. <laughs> Listen, I, lo- I absolutely love that. That's phenomenal. Did she go? Well, that was this morning. So tomorrow so t- we'll see. We'll find yeah. out. All right, yeah. man. Fingers crossed that she went because yeah. I'm with you. Like, if she'll just go and you know, it's that whole philosophy. There's only so much you could do, right? You can't make, yeah. you can't make yeah. them do it themselves, but yeah, that's like, I don't know. I'm willing to do whatever to try and help just get nudge them. 
you know, this is the most simple, basic thing I could probably ever say. And, and people are going to be like, well, no shit, Jay. But like, I, I just got back from Austin where I got a chance to, to speak on stage for the first time since like, you know, since the big C. Yeah, right. And, um, and one of the, you know, I love Q&A. And one of the questions was, you know, the lady raised her hand. And she's like, hey, what do I do when, you know, I just, I'm getting this pattern of not doing the things I say I'm going to do. You know, I'm, I'm tired. I didn't get enough sleep. And then I know I'm supposed to do this, but I don't go. And I just simply looked at her and said, you have to go anyway. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah. It's like, how long do you want to tolerate that, right? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's, there's so many things you could say, but again, it just comes down to like, man, they just got to take that step, yeah. and uh, that's the hardest. It is. It's that first step is often the toughest one. And if and if you'll just go anyway and stop buying into your own nonsense, and I said, in that, the next thing I said is, you got to stop believing your own bullshit. Like, yeah, you're right. not you're not that busy. You're not <laughs> yeah. you're not that tired. You're not, you know, all those things you just described to me are all situational things that you're, you've created in your own brain. She's, yeah. like, she's like, holy shit, that sucks to hear, but you're right. <laughs> exactly. You know yeah. I mean? Mean, if you can get them to, you know, also if you can get them to identify, like, what are the costs and consequences? Cause yeah. there's real costs and consequences to them not. And, you know, sometimes that'll help them get moved the needle a little bit. Yeah, what do you think about that? Because I've thought about this a lot since, you know, since the situation we've been in for the last, you know, two years. And I know you're a, you know, you're a super healthy, fit dude. This should have, Nate, and I'm going to use the word should have, which is the dumbest word you can, this should have triggered all of us Americans yeah. to get, to get our asses healthier than we've ever been before, to right. get, to lose weight, to yeah. get our, to get our supplementation on point, to get our, our nutrition on point, to, to get our butts moving, whether it's the gym or just outside. It didn't, bro. It didn't. No, it didn't. It, it didn't. If anything, I think it shifted the needle the other way to yeah. being worse than we were before. What? This is the Jay Nixon question. I don't give a shit yeah. if anybody else listen or not. Help <laughs> yeah. me under. Help me understand this. What's going on, man? I don't know. You know, I think it really is. Still comes down to, yeah. You see all this other stuff going on, but if it doesn't like directly impact you. Yeah. then you don't think it's you think maybe well yeah everybody else should get 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 going but i'm yeah. i'm still all right i'm still fine and i'm i'm comfortable here so you know that kind of that it well it ain't gonna happen to me type thing right. and unfortunately it does like yeah. i just had covid actually a few weeks ago and again you know thankfully i do take care of myself and and made it through it fine but i had a friend that doesn't didn't take care of himself and unfortunately um you know whether or not that i you know, I, I believe that that has something to do with it. And, you know, the statistics of people hospitalized that are obese is very high yeah. right, right now that come through with COVID. And, and so, yeah, I mean, it's more now more than ever, like how much more motivation do you need? But again, if you haven't experienced it personally, uh, and I guess in a way it's not real for them. I don't know. I shake my head, man. Cause it I is, it's like, crazy. I, I can't I want the, you. Yeah, I want the best for people. I just want to shake I'm thinking myself like, man, yeah, yeah. I got to take care of myself. I like, I want to oh, yeah. be around. I want to be there for my kids. And, and oh, I know yeah. that the only way to it's, there are no guarantees. Cause you know, there could be a healthy person totally. from it or whatever. If you sure are stacking the deck in your favor, I'll say Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. I'm, you know, I listen, I'm, I'm, I want to create, you know, any kind of buffer I can between me and anything. Right. So yeah. not just this. So I looked at, I looked at the COVID thing is like, okay, hey, maybe this is just a light switch that flips on because guess what? If this ever goes away, if it never goes away, if it subsides, subsides or whatever, 
obesity is still going to be one of the biggest killers on the planet, heart yeah. disease, oh, yeah. cancers, diabetes, yeah. whatever. So in my brain, it was like, okay, hey, this is going to be the, this is going to be the, the final domino that gets tipped over for somebody to say, okay, listen, I've got all these other health things that may be on the horizon. And now there's this thing out there that I don't even know what it is. It's like a monster we haven't seen yet. I'm going to get my ass healthy and fit. I know for me, like I'm pretty healthy and fit. And I even yeah. dialed it in a little bit tighter. Yeah, 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 right. I'm, I'm like, Hey man, you know, if we're going to fight, like I'm going to be yeah. ready to fight. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I don't yeah. know. I mean, that's, uh, I don't know if we'll ever have an answer to that question. That's, that's a good one. No, it and is. It, and it's psychological. Cool. It's hundred percent yeah, psychological. And you know, something I love how you, you talk about like creating a winning mindset, like, is that something that is, do you have a formula for yourself? Like on like, you have like a, Hey, these are three things I do to make sure that, cause I'm like you, like, I like to, to live what I teach and I'm teaching mm -hmm. people consistently about, you know, the fortification and the involvement of like your psychology and the stronger that becomes the better chances you have to make more money, make more friends, have a better fitness lifestyle, everything. Life just gets better. Yeah. So what do you, what do you do to, to make sure you've fortified your own mindset? Yeah, one way I, you know, I think is probably I, I kind of created or came up with this thing I call the integrity bank. So, um, you know, we all have a financial bank where we put our money in, and if there's no money there, you can't make a withdrawal. And if you, nope. if you try to write a check when you don't have money there, it bounces and you get fees and all this. And uh, you know, I realized myself for a long time, and many people still today, and for for ages to come will continue to take withdrawals um, when they don't have any credit built up in their account. Right. And the way that you build up your integrity bank is by just doing the little things every day that you, you said you would, right. By becoming a person of your word. So you say that you're going to wake up at a certain time and you're going to start that fitness uh, routine, or you're going to start to eat a little differently and you don't, it's just like making a withdrawal, right. You just like building this negative balance. And so many people, they continue to take withdrawals when they don't have any money in the integrity bank because they continue to break their word to themselves. Like most importantly, you got to become a person of your word to yourself because how can you be a person of your word to others if you can't even do it to yourself? Right. Cause yeah. what happens is you're like, well, I told myself I was going to get up at this time, but uh, I don't want to, I'm just going to hit the snooze and I'll do it tomorrow. And no one else knows the difference. Cause I didn't tell anybody this. I'm just, you know, told myself. And so you just wake up with losses every single day. And that, yeah. that's kind of hard way to, to, to start your day and to live your life when you just defeat yourself constantly over and over again. So start small with something that, you know, you can get a win at it. Like if you say you're going to get a workout in, go work out, even if it's like 10 minutes, whatever it might be. And, you know, the more you become a person of your word, the more powerful your life is and the more of a winning mindset you will build. Right. Cause now you start to have this confidence and the goal is that, to, you know, with this integrity bank concept is you want to make that gap between the day that you didn't do whatever you said you would. And the next time you do, you like, you want to widen that gap. Yeah. Is there going to be times where life happens, things come up like crazy stuff that's out of your control and, and you have to make it with y'all? Of course, like we all do just own it right away. Like we talked about any great leader would do say, Hey, I know I said I would, would do this, or I'd be here at this time. And, you know, I just can't, you don't have to explain yourself. But just don't just make sure that the next time that happens, like is 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 fewer and further between from the yeah. last. Yeah, and shorten the gaps. You, yeah. You know, if you become a person of your word to the point where you tell somebody, hey, I'll be there 
or I'll do it, or you can count on me. And they just know that it's going to happen before it's done. Like they, they take that check and they cash it. They put it, bring it to the bank before it's, they just know it's already happened. Right. Cause there's a lot of people you tell them you're going to do something because of how, who you showed up uh, prior to that. They're like, they might be like, Oh yeah, that's yeah. That's awesome. Sure but in their head, they're like, well, there's no way you're going to do that. Right? Right. Who do you want to be? Like if you could become that person where they just know it's, it, you know, if you say it's going to be done, they just know it's done. You, you, you become that person. There's no stopping you. Right. Yeah. There's no way you don't have a winning mindset. I love, I love the integrity bank and, and using the, you know, using money as an analogy because yeah. everybody's going to the AT, you know, when, even when we were younger, you go to the ATM oh, yeah. and you're like, Hey, I'd, I'd like to get a hundy out. And I'm yep. just like, you I know. Get, you're, not a, <laughs> you're not getting a hundy out of here. Yeah. <laughs> you got 37 cents. And you I'm check not, that balance. It's yeah. like $2 and 37 yeah. cents. You're like, I'm not shit. giving you change. So get out Can't even here. cover the ATM fee. I love that, man. Last question before I ask you my final question. Um, you say here the best ways to overcome fear and doubt. And I think right now, like, you know, especially in our lifetime, I don't think people have experienced this much mm-hmm. just global fear and this much doubt in like, what's tomorrow even going to bring? Like, yeah. so you, what, what are the best ways to maybe not get rid of that totally, but like, you know, be able to manage that. So you're not living in a constant state of fear. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I've experienced it. We all experience it where no one's immune to it. Right. We all have, you know, it's just, a, it's, it's an, an emotion that we have, uh, yeah. you know, that's real for everyone. And, um, you know, especially in the pandemic myself, I, I, I left the partnership and like went completely on my own in the middle of the pandemic, which was kind of crazy. And, you know, oftentimes when, when fear and anxiety is, is at its height is like when we're sleeping, right. When we're kind of at rest and, and then we like, our mind goes wild and it just paralyzes us before we even start that day. Right. So, you know, for me, it's, it's uh, really comes down to, again, action and taking that first step. I know you've talked about that uh, in the example with my client, just taking that first step. It's getting out of bed, making those, you know, fulfill, being that word to yourself every single day on just the littlest things, right? Set yourself up for success early in your day, like create some routines. And again, start small. If you, if you haven't been doing anything, don't try and change the world and add 50 new habits that you're going to do today to become a better person. Just start with one, right? Like get up at a a reasonable time, you know, when you said you would and uh, you know, get up and work out every day, like whatever, just build some small little wins, like make, make one little promise to yourself and, and go do it. Like get in action in spite of the fear and the anxiety and whatever thoughts you have, because we all have them. Like, there's power in knowing that you're not alone. Like if you could realize that you're not the only one that has these, that it's natural, that it really, and sometimes when you're doing big stuff and you're getting a little bit uncomfortable, like when you get that fear and and those thoughts of, man, I don't know if I can do this to recognize that you're, you're in the right place. That's right where you're supposed to be because that's like, you have to face that and push through it to get to the result that you want, right? You know, you got to push through the pain to, to yeah. get the prize, right? Well, man, I lied, because this is just a natural follow-up question. So, because I just thought of this while you were talking. So how important is your, I call it your circle of success. You know, like those, mm-hmm. that core team of people that that you're surrounded with. Because I know for me, it's like, 
you know, luckily for me, I'm not, I'm not a really a fear-based guy. I'm kind of like, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm, I try to like just push above that. But when it hits me, I know, like you said, that I'm not alone and that I've got like my, my core, my core team with me. So how important is that in your life and how important do you think that is in, you know, everybody's lives that you, you build that team and you, if you're scared, you can't be around everybody else. Your, your yeah. team, you got, you need somebody on your team yeah, that's, no, not, that's not scared. It's extremely important. It's like, it's, it's very high on the list. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, who, who is, who is that support system? Who is that team? Who's that group of friends you can go to and, and just, uh, really kind of be super honest and real with and know that like, they're gonna, you know, they might, hopefully they'll give you what you want or what you need and not what you want to hear. Right. Yeah. And, um, and, and, you know, they're very, very likely going through some similar things and they can talk you through how they're dealing with it. And just to sometimes just to offload and share, like if you if you have that group of people that you can feel safe with and, and not feel a, a ton of judgment and you can just be real, super real with. Right. Um, oftentimes, that's all that you need. You don't yeah. really need any feedback or solutions. Yeah. It's just like letting it out and letting it go. And then maybe hearing that, Hey man, I feel you, bro. I'm right there with you. And you're like, all right. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, we know that staying stuck where we are, not doing anything, ain't going to help it. That uh, the only thing we can do is, is move forward and, and get into action. Again, when you get into action, you, you don't have time to think about all that stuff. Right. So right. You, it just like alleviates a lot. Yeah, the action creates the positive momentum you're actually searching yeah. for and trying to create. You just can't yeah. create it unless you start moving. Yeah. All right, last question. This is more of a, a fun question for me, but you guys keep listening because I promise you'll be entertained. I'm going to tell you quickly that my, I, I was thinking about, you know, junior college football because we started talking about that. So I want to yeah. end with that. I'm going to tell you the funny, like, I have a ton of crazy memories, but the, one of the stories that always pops into my mind about, you know, high school football is fun and it's, it's, you know, but it's different. Like when you mm -hmm. start playing at that next level, and I don't think a lot of people understand, like a lot of the guys that go to Juco, it's not because they're not good football players. No, it's some of the greatest football some, players. Yeah. Players, I mean, players. I, I played yeah. with several guys that are, that went to the, that went to the league yeah. that were unbelievable. Yeah. But I remember one day in practice, I watched one of the coaches get in a fist fight with one of the, <laughs> with one of the players and sounds not, like some juco ball i'm not i'm not, ta I'm not talking about like you know a little pushing and shoving match i'm talking yeah. about helmet ripped off <laughs> going to blows both of them on the ground but here's the craziest thing i mean this was back in like 1990 i don't know 94 93 yeah, 94 yeah. when you yeah. could when a coach could really like coach your ass. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the, every, the, every other word out of my coach's mouth is usually the F word or, yeah. one, or one of my coaches in college. They got in a full-blown fist fight. Fight was over. Player got up, put his helmet back on, went back to his drill. Coach got up, put his hat back on <laughs> and, and, and started coaching. Nobody got in trouble. Nobody went, yeah. to, nobody went to the principal's office. No, the, the, the cops weren't called. It was a full-blown ass whipping. And then practices went on back to normal. Yeah. Like that doesn't happen. Yeah. That doesn't happen in, in, in you no. know, that probably doesn't happen in, in <laughs> yeah. the NCAA level, like at Clemson. And it yep. damn sure doesn't happen in high school. So junior college is his own world. Does it anything is. crazy come to mind for you like that? Man, that's, uh, that's tough to beat. <laughs> that is tough to beat. You know, I mean, it, 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 it the individuals that come together from all different walks of life is and Juco ball. It's crazy. Yeah. It is. It's like, they're so talented. <laughs> I remember 
reason the reason most of us are there is because we didn't have great grades or we got into some trouble right and uh i didn't have great grades but uh compared to the rest of my teammates like i was a superstar yeah, right yeah. 2.7 gpa and we're talking about act scores and like man would you get any act and i'm like i didn't do well i got a 16 the first time and then like a 19 right which is not great and uh i told them i had a 19 they're like they looked at me like I was crazy and they're like, what the hell are you doing here? They're like, man, I got like a 13 and the other reason, and there's talented football players. Right. And they're like, man, um, it, you know, kids not going to like literally there just to play football just for like one year, not going to class at all and playing, but one crazy that we had these two, one was like this pretty stud linebacker and he was older. And then there's this other dude that just kind of was his little wingman and, and, uh, you know, they were there for like the first two weeks and then all of a sudden we're home watching the, the news and like they're on TV like on the yeah. local news, like did some shady stuff with some with a girl and like at, at a hotel or something. I'm, we're like, damn, dude, no way. That's yeah. <laughs> that's dude. And then all of a sudden they're gone and it's like, what the hell? Like, yeah, you don't that's not everyday stuff there. And no. I don't know, man, it was just that the group of individuals that you get, the talent that you saw, like, uh, you know it's uh it's it is it's just a it's a different world and there's much and then you you someone like me that like wishes they had the talent that, that some of these kids had uh yeah. that never do they just like like i say they're there for like one semester and then they're gone because they they couldn't get themselves to to go to class and i'm like man if i had your talent like the sky's the limit so yeah i think it actually made me better because i remember you know I mean, we were talking like kids coming from all over Texas, right? And these, yeah. I mean, these are these are high school champions, like yeah, football, right. you know, state champion sprinters. And I was a running back at the time. And I remember thinking like every single one of the guys in the depth chart is better than me. Like they're, yeah. fat, they're faster yeah. than me. They're taller than me. Yeah. They're they're more athletic than I am. And, you know, I don't say this. I, I, I'm going to drive. I want to drive this point home because that those things matter but they don't matter as much as your mindset matters. Cause I remember I yeah. always, I made it, I made a commitment to myself. I'm like, all right, listen, I can't outrun them. I'm not stronger than they are athletically. Yeah. They're always going to beat me out. But what I can do is I can know everything. So I knew every, I knew the playbook, like the back of my hand. I knew every yeah. position. Yeah. I knew exactly where everybody was supposed to be. And yeah. I was the, I was the only one and, and people who don't understand football won't understand this. I was the only running back who could consistently pick up the blitz. And if yeah. you can't protect, if you can't protect your oh, yeah. back in college, you yeah. can't play. Right. And uh, so yeah. I, I just, I figured out like, how am I going to, how am I going to start on my college football yeah. team? And it was just to know exactly where I was supposed to be on yeah. every single play. And I never, and I never, I started every single game. And I yeah, was you had not, some belief in yourself too yeah. as a player, right? Like oh, I definitely had way more belief in myself than I probably should have. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I just didn't care. I was like, whatever, I'm just going to find a way to, to, to play and yeah. play. So these guys are way faster than me that are way more talented than me that are stronger like you said stronger and and uh so belief is a huge piece of that that i yeah. don't realize i had i think i loved it man i think it molded me into a lot of you know I, too, a, lot of, a lot of my, my growth came from yeah. like from that because and there's nothing sexy about junior college football no. you don't yeah. have you don't have the nike uniform yeah no, you're no. buying you're buying your own shoes yeah your helmet might sure. not your helmet might we not had to buy our jersey dude i remember no. we had to pay for our jersey 
your helmet might not fit perfectly the first day. Of practice. <laughs> I remember the first day of practice, my helmet didn't fit. And I was a running back, so I kept my helmet kept coming down and hitting me on top of the nose. Yeah. I had a full-blown yeah. nosebleed. I went over to the trainer. I'm like, hey man, yeah. like I can't play all year like this. He's like, Yeah. He's like, Well, that helmet doesn't fit. I'm like, no shit, you gave it to me. <laughs> we should have figured that out yesterday. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it was a whole different world, man. So if you if you've gone through that life, I mean with your your yeah. brother, your brother's forever. Yeah, for Nate, sure. you're a rock star, bro. I appreciate you taking your time today to, uh, to give you. a little inspiration and motivation. And I know some some people are gonna get some extreme value out of that, man. And I just want to say thank you again for uh spending time with me. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's been a blast, man. All right, dude. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to the Thrive Forever Fit show. I'll be back next week with another episode. We'll see you soon. Bye.